Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Good morning. The day our daughter Magdalena was born was perhaps the most joyful day of my life. I'm a mother through adoption, and Magdalena's birth mother, Miss Sheila, had invited me and my wife Susie to witness her birth. You are her parents, she said. You should be here from the beginning. Miss Sheila's labor was difficult, and by the time Magdalena was born, I was overwhelmed with relief, exhaustion, and joy. Through my laughter and tears, I watched her come into the world. I held her in my arms and felt more alive, more present than I ever had before. All of this emotion took me by surprise. I was eager to become a parent, but I had no idea how intense it would feel. Magdalena's birth was a turning point for me, the moment when I began to truly wake up. By this, I mean to become more present and more aware of my actions and my decisions and how they affect those I love. I had been practicing self-awareness through dance and yoga, meditation and art making since I was young. But none of that practice was as meaningful or as challenging as the practice of parenting, a practice in which I am fully immersed every day, every moment of my life. Juliana, our younger daughter, was born a year later. Her brilliant and persistent presence has only deepened my experience of love and my commitment to parenting with my full heart and my full mind. I am a stay-at-home mom now, a role I stepped into happily and without regret. It is a life that gives me great pleasure and deep satisfaction. It is also the most challenging life I have ever known. The joy is the easy part. Our girls are funny, creative, affectionate, and curious. Managing my frustration and my anger when things get particularly challenging is the hard part. And all of it, both the joy and the frustration, is in small daily moments. I'll give you an example. Feel the delicious exuberance and precious intimacy of a private dance party with my girls in one of our favorite public bathrooms. It is at Sofra's, an upscale Middle Eastern deli in Watertown. An odd location, perhaps, but it is a beautiful space with music we all enjoy. The three of us are dancing, playing, or watching each other while we use the facilities. The energy is light, and fun. But how quickly that laughter and movement can transform into frustration as my four-year-old refuses to wipe herself or wash her hands. 
then it is her will against mine. I forget my fluid, rhythmic body and move into my critical brain. I forget her beautiful dancing and focus instead on a particular skill I think she should have mastered. I move from expansive and delighted to narrow and even mean-spirited. How I dislike the hard, hot self that fills me and the words and emotions that erupt. From outside, I might not appear angry, but inside, my feelings betray me. And my girls, who can read every flicker of emotion on my face, know full well I am angry. I don't like your angry voice, they say. I can't hear you when you yell at me. Their simple, honest words stop me in my tracks. I try to slow myself down, reel myself in, breathe. But inside, I still rage at my own helplessness in the face of another's will. My beautiful, creative, strong daughter finding herself in the world and learning at her own pace. I am grateful that my children feel safe enough to share their feelings with me and remind me to respect their feelings. Forgiving myself is less easy. I feel ashamed of myself, of my efforts to make her bend to my will. And even in the moment, I know that the content of our struggle, her refusal to wash her hands, does not warrant my level of frustration. It is more from my feeling of out of control and helplessness. But all she can hear is that I am frustrated, and it does not help her learn to wash her hands. How I wish I could always stay in the realm of dance and laughter, curiosity and creativity with my daughters. But isn't my job as a parent to set limits, to help guide my children to be respectful social beings? The challenge is how to do this in ways that are not so jarring, that respect who our children truly are at this moment, ways that encourage them to embrace challenges, even challenges as seemingly simple as learning to wash their hands. In my experience, parenting young children is about living in an almost constant state of disequilibrium. Not only are my girls rarely still or quiet, but their needs and strengths are constantly changing. I find I am often struggling to keep pace with their growth, and my efforts to respond to their needs are not always smooth or graceful, as I would like them to be. As someone who has always prided myself on being graceful, and even used physical grace to disguise a more awkward interior, the often public experiences of disequilibrium are especially painful. I find myself resenting feeling exposed and sometimes take my resentment out on my girls. In Becoming the Parent You Want to Be, a source book of strategies for the first five years by Laura Davis and Janice Kaiser, they offer nine principles of parenting. Their fifth principle is learning to value struggle and disequilibrium. As they describe it, periods of disequilibrium Times we feel confused and off balance can be essential to our growth as parents. When we accept that struggle is part of being an effective parent, we no longer have to hold ourselves up to an impossible standard, one in which everything works like clockwork. Instead, we can embrace a more realistic goal, 
one in which uncertainty appears regularly and is used as a tool for growth and increased understanding. Once we do this, they say, we give ourselves the room to trust ourselves, to try different strategies, and to better evaluate effective solutions. From experience, I have developed new strategies, new ways of communicating with my children that are more creative, firm, but gentler and more respectful. I have developed approaches that give them more space to learn and respond before we butt heads. I have learned to involve my children in coming up with ideas for problem solving, even regarding their own behavior. I am proud of my own growth as a parent, but I recognize that it is an ongoing process. As they continue to grow and adapt, so must I. And still, the moments that stick with me are those when I have not been my best self, when I have lost my cool and allowed my helplessness to become anger. These moments are my best teachers and greatest motivation to become more of the parent that I want to be. At the same time, as a feminist, I dislike the notion that mothers should always be patient and calm. Women have long been told that anger is unladylike, when in fact it can be a source of tremendous power and insight. As a mother, I strive for an approach that allows me to feel and learn from my anger, but to measure how I allow its force to influence my actions. An ongoing practice of meditation and awareness has offered me guidance here. In In the Lap of Buddha, Gavin Harrison writes, this is the third way, the way of meditation and awareness. Here the challenge is to simply allow the anger to be present, neither denied nor indulged. The anger is allowed to come fully and wholeheartedly into the mind and into awareness so that it can be met, investigated, seen as empty, and seen as changing. In no way does meditation ask that we become docile, wishy-washy, or passive. Harrison continues, with a clear comprehension of the anger, we respond to the emotion forcefully when it arises. With discrimination and wisdom, we see clearly into the situation that caused the anger. This is a powerful shift, which results in healing both inwardly and outwardly. We may choose to speak or we may keep silent. We examine all aspects of the situation and consider the probable outcomes. We then choose a response that is balanced, appropriate, and true. But behavior modification through meditation and awareness is not a quick fix. It is a lifetime practice at best. And life with our children offers no end of rich experiences in which to sink my awareness. I find that it is when I lose the thread of what I am sensing and feeling in this moment, when I am more aware of what I want to happen than of what is happening, that my anger can catch me unawares and erupt in painful ways. I am forever reminding my daughters to slow down. I find I need to take my own advice more often. In Coming to Our Senses, John Kabat-Zinn shares a story about a mother who was teaching her young daughter to tell time. They reviewed together. 
When the hands of the clock are like this, both pointing straight up, it is 12 o'clock, time for lunch. When they make a straight line down like this, it is 6 o'clock, time for dinner. When they are like this, it is 9 o'clock, time to go to your playgroup. When they are like this, it is 3 o'clock, time for your bath. The child responded, And mommy, where is plenty of time? Thank you.